Yikes. The globalists are going to correct the Bible using AI. Any objection from Pope Francis? Nope. But these days, even rappers sound more Catholic. He investigated Freemasonry inside the Vatican, so does he think Pope Francis is still the Pope? Meanwhile, back at the Funny Farm, live from New York, it's the Bill and Francis Show. Calling all clans now. We are just one week away from the big event. Now, you all need to, you need to join me, to meet, meet up with me at the Catholic Identity Conference this coming weekend. Pretty much sold out, I guess. Uh, but you can sign up right away with the, the live stream uh, subscription. We're really working to put together, you know, tens of thousands of people all around the world at this, which I think is pretty much the largest traditional Catholic conference of the year here in the United States. So join us uh, by live stream for sure. And it's this coming weekend. I mean, it's going to be huge. We even have a big announcement out of France Friday night, which we just found out today. Very excited about that. Can't wait to share that Friday night of the conference. So just click the link down here and we will see you at the Catholic Identity Conference, I hope, either live or by live stream. Also, don't forget, I'm going to be speaking at the Rome Life Forum right after the Synod from Hell. Uh, again, Cardinal Muller is going to be there, Bishop Joseph Strickland, my friend John Henry Weston, and just a whole bunch of great speakers to sort of sift through the rubble, I guess, after the Synod yeah. from Hell detonates. Uh, the Remnant is co-sponsoring that event in Rome, so please, again, click the link below, and we will see you in Rome. Speaking of the Synod now, can't make it up. On the eve of the Synod of mercy and tolerance and all of these wonderful things that they're going to equity and inclusion, uh, just as it's getting started, there's a major scandal going on in Rome. This is involving that weirdo Jesuit, Father Rupnik, with all those bizarre pictures and paintings he's got hanging all over all over uh, Europe right now. He's a close friend of, of, uh, Bishop, of, of Pope Francis. And now there has been an open letter written by victims talking about the bewilderment that they're all feeling that the Rome, the Diocese of Rome, has pretty much given this guy a pass. <laughs> Even though he was supposedly excommunicated and thrown out of the Jesuits, that seems to be sort of a game they're playing. And rather than giving the, the victims, in this case some religious sisters, a hearing, Pope Francis ignored their letters for a hearing, and instead he's, he's meeting just this past week with members of Rupnik's organization, and he's acting like there's no problem. And so the victims of Rupnik are saying, wait a minute, man, this is sexual abuse. This is, this is flying right in the face of not only of us, the sexual abuse victims here at their, their monastery, their convent, but also sexual abuse victims all over the world. What's going on, Francis? But then he turns around and he meets with Slick Willie Clinton. This week, <laughs> the Clinton Foundation's Climate Change Summit meets with them, with him, Slick Willie personally, and talks about an issue that really, friends, nobody actually cares about, apart from fanatical globalist ideologues, left-wing politicians, well, and, and performance art activists. Her speeches are written for her, obviously, and she doesn't know anything much about climate change or science. So what, what is she then? She's simply a tool, right? She is just a tool, nothing more. She is not a wise person telling us what we should be doing. 
she is being used by Hollywood actors and phony politicians like Al Gore, uh, none of none of whom actually have any science. Because think about this: you do you do you care about climate change? Real people struggling to make their mortgage payments don't care about climate change. Real people who are struggling to pay for exorbitant grocery bills now, they, they, they don't care so much about climate change. You know, they're trying to keep their kids from ODing on fentanyl. But there's Francis, the weatherman pope, devoting every spare moment to climate change. Dopo domani, primo settembre, si celebra la giornata mondiale di preghiera per la cura del creato, inaugurando il tempo del creato che durerà fino al 4 ottobre, festa di San Francesco di Assisi. In quel, quella data ho intenzione di pubblicare un'esortazione, una seconda laudato si. Laudato si part 2, we're not going to let this go. I just can't believe that somebody inside the Vatican has decided that this is the way to go. Laudato si, part two. As the world burns up, not from climate change, but from moral and spiritual and political corruption like, the, like no one's ever seen. And there he is. And sans any serious moral or spiritual guidance that used to be provided by the Catholic Church, religion itself now becomes a pointless exercise in stupidity. Grab a latte from the church coffee shop Dim the lights low and rock out with the praise band Sing a song about a Jesus who's your boyfriend And watch a tits all focused on I want to go to that church. That looks fantastic. They're definitely communing with the spirit, obviously. And folks, again, are believing in literally anything. So these are folks in a Berlin uh, train, st train station advocating for people who, are, who identify as dogs. Which might be might be sort of funny were it not for the fact that it's obviously a blatant now continuation of Lucifer's known serviam to Almighty God, isn't it? We're dogs now. We don't even accept life as human beings created in the image and likeness of God. <laughs> the entire civilization is at war with God. And everywhere you look now, that image and likeness of the divine is being deformed and defaced. And of course, the ultimate example of that and what's coming and what they got in mind for us, Francis and his friends, uh, comes from this guy. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can and we measure your, your brain waves. Now, it's been a while since we've talked about the field marshal, but, but don't forget, don't forget, that's Klaus Schwab. And on the 50th anniversary of the World Economic Forum, Pope Francis sent Cardinal Peter Turkson to Davos personally to deliver a papal blessing from the Pope to the guy who wants to implant computers in your brains. Remember? This is to Professor Klaus Schwab, executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. As the World Economic Forum celebrates 
its 50th anniversary. I send greetings and prayerful good wishes to all taking part in this year's gathering. You think about that, a nice papal blessing to the guy who wants to turn temples of the Holy Ghost into cyborgs, quite literally. Aujourd'hui, au bout de ça, on parle de puces qu'on pourra s'implanter. Ce sera quand ça? Certainement dans les dix années à venir. Does Francis have a problem with this at all? And now these same folks that Francis partnered with, he sent his papal representative to convey his personal blessing on these same folks. <laughs> they want to give us a new Bible. Um, AI can create new ideas, can even write a new Bible. We, you know, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. Every religion claims our book, all the other books of the other religions, they, humans wrote them. But our book, no, 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 no. It came from some superhuman intelligence. In a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct. Now, just a few moments ago, I used that expression, non serviam, I will not serve. That, you know, that Lucifer says in the face of Almighty God. Can you think of an example uh, of that playing out in more dramatic fashion than that? We don't want your Bible, God. Can you think of a blasphemy more outrageous? And I, I really wonder, I really wonder where the so-called, you know, Christian, born-again Christian uh, politicians are on this. All y'all have is the Bible, right? That's the main thing. These guys are going to get rid of it. They're doing it already. It's hate literature in Canada, and they're going to rewrite it with AI. So it's finally correct. Where is everybody? Just going to sit here and let this happen? And Pope Francis sends his blessing to these creatures? <laughs> That's what's going on in the real world where Pope Francis is tackling climate change. Oh, and yeah, canceling the Latin mass because we can't have that. You know, he's actually now leaving it up to <laughs> just about anybody, including rappers to do his job and to remind people about God, sin, and the coming chastisement that we also richly deserve. Rappers now seem more Catholic than the Pope. Descendants of Adam and Eve, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. They're taking God out the schools. Our kids don't know what to believe. From six to 18, the curriculum fails and Gen Z gets taught by their phones with forced feeds that get sponsored and paid by companies. That's how they attack us, it starts with the youth. If you lie enough, you'll convince anybody the lies, the truth. So telling these kids they can choose their own gender at ages they can't even tie their own shoes. Driver drink is crazy, common sense isn't common unless it pays me. That's the thought process daily. Look at the content, we're creating lies, diluting our brains. I'm done trying to argue online with these people who think that a vote's gonna bring about change. How many presidents does it take? To have a life worth living, an actual comfortable wage, no more school shootings, let's unite these states. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. So obviously that, that sort of message, people want it. They want to hear something about truth, don't they? Nobody's happy. Everybody's ODing. They're all depressed. They're all committing suicide up in Canada, a little depressed, because they're not getting any message from Francis. Because the church of accompaniment of Pope Francis, Team Francis, means absolutely nothing. You know, all it means now is, is more woke ideology, rainbows, empty churches, gay priests, whatever, right? 
But see, friends, that wasn't always the case. They're rapidly dis dismantling the Catholic Church, right? I, I, I'm not that old. And I can remember when it wasn't the case. I remember when the church meant a great deal to everybody, not just churches and church ladies and, <laughs> you know, pious ladies in tennis shoes or something, but to everybody, even the most famous people in the world. Even cultural icons were proud of the fact that they were Catholic. They could converse about being Catholic, growing up Catholic. They weren't afraid to talk about it. Even Hollywood actors, for heaven's sakes, when I was a kid, were talking like this. I can recall um, a very close friend of mine who is a priest. Uh, uh, and I'd forgotten to bring the bell at the raising of the host, which is the holiest part of the, of mm -hmm. the, of the Catholic mass. And uh, as he... He raised the, the host. There was no bell to ring, and you have to ring it three times. So I went ting-a-ling-a-ling. -a -ling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very, that's I, I thought it was actually it's an extreme initiative. <laughs> if we're going to go something, I guess ting-a-ling-a-ling -a -ling is the best thing to say. The holiest part of the transubstantiation, <laughs> I could see a priest with his shoulders shaking. He, he was amused. Oh, indeed. That's so there you have Lawrence of Arabia himself on the Dick Cavett show talking a little transubstantiation, actually knowing what he's talking about because he was a Catholic. He wasn't a saint, but he was a Catholic, right? And by the way, Peter O'Toole, I think, Walter, you know this? I think his last role might have been in For Greater Glory, the Cristero movie. Yeah. Right? And Father Christopher. See if we can pull that up once. Who are you if you don't stand up for what you believe? There is no greater glory than to give your life for Christ. It's like we, uh, we may be coming to that time again very soon if we don't end up getting a pope that says something about Christ in the, in the modern world. It talks to the world about repentance. It does his job rather than worrying about climate change. I mean, right out of the gate, what was he doing? He anointed himself as the Pope of Mercy. And you all know what that was, but it's important to review that now as we go into the Synod on Synodality, because it's all about that. It's all about mercy. Mercy, which means <laughs> that no matter what the doctrine under question is, mercy, mercy trumps it. You see? Francis's theology can be summed up on a t-shirt. What would Jesus do? What would the God of surprises do? What would the what would God of mercy do? Right? Very childish. Because people don't know their religion anymore. They don't know the faith anymore. They have not been catechized. So it's very easy for a pope like a modernist Jesuit like Francis to say, well, this uh, God of surprises wants you to do this, right? We're listening to the Spirit. <laughs> Francis gives us the answer every time. The God of surprises would never let dogma get in the way of mercy. You see how it works? And that's why he keeps attacking faithful Catholics. That's why he keeps attacking us. Because we follow the dogmatic rules. You're not supposed to follow the rules, not if you're a crazy South American Jesuit, modernist. <laughs> you don't follow the rules. The rules mean nothing. You don't follow what the church has always taught. That doesn't matter. We're evolving. Everything is evolving. Dogma is evolving. The church is evolving. Never mind that Christ himself taught the rich man, said to the rich man in the Bible, that if you want to be saved, you've got to keep the commandments. You're going to follow the rules. The Church of Accompaniment finds that rigid. You know what that is? That's ideology. Which is their new buzzword, isn't it? Ideology. Everything is ideology. You don't want to... Can we redefine 
hide it because nobody really knows what it's talking about. I think it's time. And I think that's what they're counting on. It's just a word. They say, you're an ideologue. It's ideology. Oh, no, I don't want to be guilty of that. No, I'm a free thinker. <laughs> so tired of the sloganism, the sloganeering, aren't you? So the, so the, so the ideology-free Catholic Christian living in the church that Pope Francis built. Well, they accept people where they are. They accept people where they are. You see? They don't make any judgments, whether you're gay or lesbian or divorced or remarried or an atheist. Well, it doesn't matter to us. We don't have ideology. God loves everybody. So, of course, mercy trumps moral theology. That's what the entire synod on synodality is all about. Doctrine is divisive. So we've got to shelve the law of the church. We have kind of demote the Ten Commandments. Let's just turn them into the Ten Suggestions, shall we? <laughs> In the name of establishing what Francis calls the field hospital, where, where mercy, God's mercy, silences God's justice. You see the demonic <laughs> plan that's afoot here? And in that Catholic field hospital, the old Catholic church of yesterday, that rigid, intolerant, oof, that church can finally get over itself. Which brings me back to what we were talking about last week, why we fight amongst ourselves exactly as Francis wants us to do, why we fight about doctrines, the doctrines that Francis may or may not be formally rejecting. Francis himself is all about having the church conduct a surrender, terms of surrender, deliver the terms of surrender to the most powerful globalists in the world. Pope Francis joined the 2023 Clinton Global Initiative Conference to talk about climate change and the treatment of migrant children. He addressed attendees in New York City by video, following an introduction by former President Bill Clinton. Holy Father, we're so honored to have you join us at CGI this year. You're speaking to a room full of people from all over the world, from all walks of life who each in their own way are trying to follow the admonition of Isaiah, who told us we had to be repairers of the breach. <laughs> and another thing, uh, Holiness, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. It's incredible that this guy is back now as some sort of oracle at Delphi, <laughs> teaching us all how to save the world and make the world a better place. And what, by the way, is with this crazy Clinton love affair with Pope Francis? Do you remember the last time a Clinton was <laughs> drooling over the Pope? And that time it was, it, was, it was a little missus. And you certainly don't need to be Catholic to be inspired by the humility and heart of the Holy Father. Pope Francis, or to embrace his message. So, so the, the guys with the giant microphones who are still trying to defend, make excuses for Francis, what do you do with this? What do you do with the fact that the biggest pro-abort, pro-gay marriage globalist folks in the world cannot say enough nice things about Francis? The world crucified Christ, right? Kind of weird. Well, let's get back to Slick Willie. What are ordinary people supposed to do with their days that will make our 
societies better. <laughs> this is actually kind of hear. funny. Yeah. With all their technology and their AI and everything, they're so proud of it. We're supposed to be so afraid of it. Here we got we got the globalist president and the globalist pope sitting there. Can't hear anything. Can't hear anything. It's like two dudes sitting up on top of the Tower of Babel or yes, something. Yes. Can't hear. But the question was from Slick Willie: What are people supposed to do that will make our society better? Okay, now that's the question. So Francis, the Pope, supposedly is going to use this massive opportunity on the world stage, right? He's calling from the Vatican, from Rome, all the way to New York City. Everybody's watching. The whole world's watching, right? Well, the Pope's going to use this opportunity to remind the world that it's necessary to turn back to God before it's too late, right? Yes, yes. Thank you, Mr. President for inviting me to your meeting. Thank you very much. It is important to spread a culture of encounter, a culture of dialogue, a culture of listening and of understanding. It is necessary to share thoughts. Yes, it's necessary to share thoughts with each other now. Share thoughts with each other, right? I mean, share the thoughts, people. It's time to share the thoughts. <laughs> because obviously, when it comes to these guys, these globalist guys, comes to France, the team France, we are the answer. So whatever's going on up here is extremely important. We need to share what's going on up here. You see? We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. That's how stupid this is. They're basically, the Pope is sitting there as though he's running, <laughs> running through the lyrics to We Are the World. We all know it. We are living through a changing epic. Only together can we emerge from it better. Together. Only together can we heal the world. So now you have to learn how to decipher Globalists speak. See, when we, were, when we were young, we used to have to, everybody had to figure out what modernist speak was. How, how, do, how do the modernists speak? So they say things like, well, when Jesus was, when he had the miracle of loaves and fishes, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a miracle so much as there was generosity and charity, and people shared loaves and fishes. That's sort of the vintage example of how modernists work, how they fool people, right? They, it was a beautiful thing, beautiful thing, when they shared those loaves and fishes. But the miracle's gone, you see? So we're the same here. Now we're talking about the globalist agenda. So the Pope, the globalist Pope, never alone, he says. We can never do it alone. Always together. Which is doublespeak for globalism is the only answer. It's the only way. All nations together in a new world order. You see? That's how he works. And of course, that evil nationalism, like patriotism and borders and all of that, well, that poses not just a threat to humanity on the, on the, on the psychological or the emotional level or the philosophical level, also on the ecological level. That is a threat not only to all of us, but to the entire planet, to our common home. But I think that today, the even 
bigger problem with nationalism is that it might prevent humankind from mounting an effective uh, solution, an effective reaction to the global challenges of this century, which are above all climate change. Más bien nos convierte en indiferentes al sufrimiento de los demás. Y una variante de este virus es el nacionalismo cerrado, que impide, por ejemplo, un internacionalismo de las vacunas. What else besides that does the Holy Father say we must do to save our society? It's time to work together to stop the ecological catastrophe before it's too late. That's why I have chosen to write a new document 10 years after the publication of the encyclical Laudato Si. Let us stop while there is still time, please. Please let us stop while there is still time. We have to stop while there is still time. We have to save the planet. In other words, get rid of those fossil fuels, man. Get an electric car. Stop eating beef and adopt the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. While there's still time, France, we're going to die. And of course, who agrees with Francis 1,000% on this? The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. And we're in be real trouble. There's no way back from that. So this guy, this guy is trying to blow up the world. He's setting up a, a nuclear war, Armageddon, and he's telling us that global warming is a bigger threat. But of course, this is just an old geezer, you know, parodying the lines that are on the teleprompter. That's all he's doing. It's what Francis is doing. The brains behind all this, these guys also agree with Biden and with Bergoglio, the guys that really are going to make this happen. I think the, the biggest danger with the current wave of nationalism that you see not only in the United States, but in many other parts of the world, is that it really limits the ability of humankind to manage successfully the main challenges of the 21st century, which are above all climate change. So you, you see what's going on? They're, they're all on the same page here, right? All these atheists, godless globalists, they're all on the same page. And of course, after climate change, you have migration, migration which they're causing. It's time to face migration emergencies, remembering that we are not talking about numbers, but about people, men, women, and children. When we talk about migration, let's think about the eyes of the children we've seen in refugee camps. It's time to think about the youngest, the children, and of their education and to their care. You first, Holiness. How about you do this? How about you investigate why so many millions of families and children uh, are leaving the formerly Catholic countries? Many of them are still Catholic countries, technically, in Central and South America. Maybe you should look into that. I, I know you got yourself confused with a, with a weatherman, but maybe you should look into that. What happened in these countries that is driving them all out? What's happening with the Catholic Church? <laughs> You've had liberation theology percolating down there for decades. That's working out pretty well. Everybody's getting the heck out. 
Now, do you think what's happening with children and migrants and families trying to get the heck out, do you think that might have something to do with the fact that modernists like you, Pope Francis, have ripped the Catholic Church apart over the past 50, 60 years, leaving those families broken, leaving them spiritual orphans, these kids got nothing to live for? You think it has anything to do with you, pal? Because maybe if you fix the church, the children would not be so desperate to flee the godless regimes set up by your socialist friends. I mean, think about it. In Francis's own country, Argentina, the church was so totally destroyed that it couldn't even stop abortion. <laughs> How's the church working out down there, Francis? I guess your woke ideology couldn't even stop the slaughter of babies in your own country. And now you want to export that, that kind of spiritual and political and moral chaos into the entire church, into the entire world. <laughs> and you and your buddies, Clinton and Biden, they want to drive our country now into the same economic chaos that you left behind in Argentina. We're in downtown Buenos Aires, the capital of Argentina. This was once about 100 years ago, one of the richest cities in the world. And you could tell as you walk around the faded grandeur of a once great city, but this is now a desperate country. You see it when you have dinner here in restaurants and people pull out bricks of local currency, the peso to pay. It feels like Weimar or Zimbabwe, but it's not. This is a developed country that's moving backwards at high speed. The bill talk continues. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you all. And I wish you all a nice day. I wish you all a nice day. No blessing, no reference to Jesus Christ, no reference to God. Right? E even Slick Willie seems just a little bit nonplussed by that. Thank you so much. Uh it's wonderful to see you again and hear you in such great voice. You make us all feel empowered. And perhaps that is your greatest power as, as the Pope, that you make everybody, even people who aren't uh, members of the Roman Catholic Church, feel that they have power and therefore they have responsibility. It is an extraordinary gift, and I thank you for that. <laughs> Says the uber pro-abort, Bill Clinton. But you see what he said there, right? Because we've been saying that down here for a long time. He says, you make the world recognize that they have a responsibility to actively do the right thing, which is in his case is to support the globalist agenda. We've been saying this down here forever. They need the moral authority of the Catholic Church to build their new world order, and Francis is key. I know you have a busy day, but I wonder if there's anything else you want to say. I thank you for what you said about the children and what you said about climate change. Uh, 
Do you have any other message for us before you go? Anything you want to make sure we take to heart? Okay, this is it, right? This is his chant. The Pope who thus far has not said one word about Jesus Christ, repentance, God, not one word. He's going to say something popish now, right, to close out this bill talk? Let's check. On climate change, let us take action before it's too late. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> Bill Clinton <laughs> blesses the Pope at the end. Bless you. <laughs> and Pope Francis forgot to say anything about that. But you can see what's going on here, right? It's very, very crucial that we all get on the same page before the Synod on Synodality because this kind of nonsense is going to be on steroids in a few weeks. The church is being obviously pressed into service, into the service of the globalist agenda. <laughs> and, and you want to talk heresy right now. I'm not sure that that's actually going to get, a, get off the ground. Francis is clearly a geopolitician. He's not a theologian. He wants to be seen as a geopolitical figure. He doesn't want to talk about Christ, God, Catholicism, dogma, or heresy. He doesn't care. So we're talking about, is he the Pope? Isn't he the Pope? God help us, all I know is that the guy, our Pope dressed in white, is being used by the globalists to this extent, and that's terrifying. He's just actively courting this all the time. Right, right. So your big microphone guys are not impressing anyone, least of all Francis, when they pretend like this isn't what he means. This is what he means. That's, that's such a great point. Let the man be what he wants to be. I've said this before. Francis is actually fairly honest. He has been broadcasting to the four corners of the earth what he wants to be ever since he got in. This is what he wants to be. And it's ridiculous that people are making all these excuses and projecting what they want him to be versus what he is telling us clearly he wants to be, which is a geopolitical player and an active member of the, the, the group that intends to build a new world order. Again, is he the Pope? Well, God help us. He's the one wearing white, and that's the problem. And I want to leave you with words. This is just a brief touchback to what we talked about last week. Everybody's still talking about that. But I want to leave you with the words of a very good and holy priest. His name is Father Charles Murr. I think many of you will, will be familiar with him. He worked uh, as part of the investigation of the Vatican's, the Curia, to uncover membership in Freemasonry in the Curia. Okay? So he's not some guy that doesn't understand the conspiracy. He understands it very, very well. Probably better than most. Most likely better than most priests in the world today. His book, I'll put it up on the screen here, it's called Murder in the 33rd Degree, the Gagnon Investigation into Vatican Freemasonry. Okay, so he has the right to speak on this. When he speaks, we should listen. Here's what he had to say about whether or not Francis is still the Pope. My opinion is that he is the Pope, and that is the problem. That is the problem. The problem is that he is. All right? Now, now that's my opinion. The opinion of the church is that the only person who can actually decide whether someone is Pope or not, it's the next Pope, which has been done historically, right? Uh, and, but my, my point is, I believe that he is the Pope. And I, and I say with an adjoiner to that, that's the problem. So let me be really, really clear, friends. If you're operating under the, under the assumption that the most you know, powerful thing you can do to try to stop what's happening to our church is say Francis isn't the Pope. Well, you gotta, you have to at least allow for the possibility that that's exactly what he wants and it's not gonna accomplish anything, right? 
Right now, Bishop Strickland, poor Bishop Strickland, is doing such a great job raising awareness about what's happening, what's going to happen at this synod. We need to be right here, ready for him to support him. We don't want to have to force him to associate with people who are kind of bomb-throwing folks. Francis isn't the Pope, Zeta Vicandus, or whatever. Stand behind these guys who exercise the most influence right now in the world against what's happening in the Vatican, right? That's what we have to do. And there's nobody, but nobody here is letting Francis off the hook. He is an infiltrator. I would call him a traitor. And before God, we have no choice but to resist this man to his face. All of us, together. And on that, <laughs> whether you think he's the Pope or not, we can all agree. I'm Michael Matherum, the TV, and we'll see you next week at the Catholic Identity Conference.